Hello and welcome back to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra at D1Baseball.com. I'm your host, Joe Healy, joined always, as always, by my trusty co-host, Mark Etheridge. We are here, as promised, today to deliver on the promise that we gave you last week that we would talk about the SEC's 2024 conference schedule release. So here we are to discuss that. Before we jump into that, I will tell you that Mark did an excellent breakdown last week, uh, the evening of when the schedule was released. Uh, breaking down basically the paths for each team, taking a look at who's got on paper based on five years worth of results, the toughest paths, the softest paths, and and then kind of dug in a little bit deeper on some stuff. So that can be your companion for this episode. So if you'd like, you can pause this if you're home. Don't pause this and try to read something if you're driving. If you're at home, pause and maybe go back and read that and use it as a companion piece because we're going to refer to some of the data here, refer to some of the legwork that Mark did, um, of course you don't have to, we can be your guide for that, but it, but it might help you get a, a fuller picture of, of what we're talking about here. So we are going to, to dive into that. Um, but first this is our weekly, uh, college football update. Uh, Mark, did you yeah. stay up for Colorado, Colorado? Absolutely. State? Yeah, I did. And wasn't that great theater? You know, those two yeah. teams got after it. I mean, that was it. So, and, and this week's, this week's slate of games, I mean, it's incredible. Loaded. It's, it's loaded. It's just wall to wall football yeah every window's got it like a mm-hmm. you know even the late window's got some some good games i think cal and washington are, are playing late at the 10 30 eastern window and that's you know it's not marquee but that's a good game and but every every other window has like it's just an incredible, more than yeah, you can just, watch i mean in, for in sure. every window yeah yeah joe's gonna be watching on sunday or monday perhaps like some of those replays they show on you know sec network or big 10 network or whatever it is yeah I will be catching up that way. So yeah, a big, big weekend in college football and, you know, not a big week necessarily in fall scrimmages, certainly not in the sec, but, um, we're getting there, you know, as the calendar turns October, we'll, we'll have more activity there. And of course we've been, we've been telling you we're Mark and I are both going to be at, uh, plenty of fall stuff. And of course, you know, Aaron will be at more fall stuff than anyone else on staff and, and probably more than any human should be, frankly. Right. Um, the guy loves his fall ball. So he'll be all over the place, including in the SEC footprint. So just kind of stay tuned to our social media, obviously. And then we'll have fall reports rolling out. Mark and I are going to do some different stuff in the fall. So we'll have plenty of that for you as the fall rolls on. For this episode, though, we're going to look all the way ahead to 2024 and talk about, uh, you know, the 2024 SEC schedule slate that was released uh, about this time last week. Um, so let's do this. So we have a format here. So Mark and I have picked out, I think, do you have three, Mark? I have three. I've got, I've got as many as, as, as oh, far as okay. we want to go. All right. Wow. Let's just read them off. Let's go week by week <laughs> and just read them. Um, <laughs> So I've picked out three series that if I could snap my fingers and make it happen, I, I would be at, and, and maybe I will, you know, this is my job after all. Um, but you know, logistics and life get in the way sometimes, mm-hmm. but three series that I would transport to if I, if I could just sight unseen, knowing nothing more than I know right now. So we'll talk about those. We're also going to have, uh, and frankly, Mark is going to do a lot of heavy lifting here. Um, we're going to talk about who on paper has the toughest schedules, who has the softest schedules on paper and kind of dive into why that is and, and how that breaks down and, and, and all that jazz. So that's the format here. But before we kind of get into some of that, uh, Mark, just top line thoughts on what you saw with the schedule release and kind of where your mind, as you got ready to write the piece, like where your mind just kind of went. Well, you know, 
with as con- and this is only going to become a bigger deal, but as conferences you know, grow in size, okay, 14 members this year, SEC next year will be 16. It who you miss, who in fact who you don't play, can be just as important as who you play. And and based on that, you know, and there won't be divisions, you know, going forward. This is the last year of it, so it'll be just a big jumble mass, and you play who you play, and. You know, it's one of the things I often think about is, you know, as, as these leagues get bigger, is is 10 series the right number, right? Is it? I don't know that it is or isn't. Um, certainly there's pros and cons to, to playing more or even playing less. You know, if you can get more, you know, the, the st- statistician in me would like to have more interconnected results with teams and other conferences to, to help us get a better gauge of, you know, the, the strength of these teams. So, so all of that is, is kind of a big jumble mass, right? But with a 14-team league and 10 series, that means a lot of these top teams, top programs that we expect to be the best teams next year are going to play each other. And, and that's, that's great from a fan standpoint. It's certainly great from, you know, for, for subscribers for SEC Extra because we're going to have some great matchups. And if you look, I mean, yeah, we're going to get into when we pick these, but a lot of these top teams are playing each other, so you're going to you're going to get those matchups. I think that the snap judgment for me, uh, Arkansas has to be feeling pretty good about their their draw. Uh, they did not draw Vanderbilt. They did not draw Tennessee, um, and also, you know, they're they get Florida and LSU, but they get them at home. You know, so that's. Uh, you know, that, that really helps, um, you know, as far as if you're going to play those teams, you certainly want them in, in, at your place. And, you know, in road trips, um, they go to A&M. That's going to be tough. And, and Auburn is, you know, Auburn's probably going to be pretty good too. But uh, you don't know what their other three are, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Alabama. And, and, and all of those had some losses that they're trying to feel. So, you know, if I'm Arkansas, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And you, you couple that with – what many believe is the best recruiting class in the country. Um, yeah, they have a lot of holes to fill, but they've got plenty of dudes coming in to do it. So I, I think that that was probably my biggest takeaway is, yeah, we were probably going to be bullish on Arkansas from a roster standpoint. But if you add in the, you know, the SEC schedule piece of this equation, um, that it's, it's, it's only working in their favor. Yeah. that I had a, um, how should I define it to not out who I'm talking about? So let's just say someone, someone who would know, someone whose opinion you should value, uh, say that he's got Arkansas as his national title pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's obviously stuff to do a lot of digging on this, you know, but, but I, you know, the more I look at Vanderbilt, yeah. the more I kind of feel like that's anyway, we, you know, we'll get, <clears throat> we'll get into that as, and they uh, do not play each other in the regular season. So of course, that's, cause that's, that's the way life is. We, we can't have nice things, Mark. So, right. That's a that's a, a real bummer there, but yeah, the, the 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 who you who you don't play is 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 a thing, and and um, you know, it used to be it, that was less of an issue, and now as these conferences grow, it's and even more acute. This is this is an SEC podcast, so we won't get into it too much, but it's even more acute in a league like the Big Ten, which has had a ton of teams and only plays eight conference weekends historically. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they do when they expand too, but um, yeah, so that's you know. 
regardless, we, we've we've covered covered that ground there. Uh, one other thing too, you mentioned ten series. Is that enough? I mean, Pulmonary kind of famously floated. I don't know if necessarily. I don't want to put words in his mouth and say he was advocating for necessarily, but let's just say he mused aloud mm-hmm. about the idea of you get one non-conference series and we play thirteen weeks of SEC. Now yeah. that was it. That was in the current format. Now when they go to sixteen teams, well now you don't even you literally don't have enough weeks in the regular season to play everyone. Right. Um, and you know, understandably, I think a lot of SEC coaches when that idea was floated were like, "No, thank you." <laughs> like, yeah. that's you know, you because I mean, about you're guaranteeing grinder. losses, right? We're at least playing you playing someone outside the conference. You feel pretty good about your chances to win some of those games, and so it's it's where's the balance. Right. And, and what, what are you really after? What, what's the end goal? Is it to to maximize how many teams you get into the postseason? Then you probably want to play fewer conference games. If it's if it's to, you know, have the best matchups and and make the most revenue and, and all of those things, then you probably want to play more. So, you know, and if it's about the, you know, the experience and the, uh, you want to play as many good teams as you can. And, you know, people in our shoes, hey, we we love, you know, we, we love these monster matchups and you would get more of those if, if you played additional conference series. But the flip side of that is somebody's going to lose those games. So it's you're, you're trying to, to where's that happy medium? Yep. Let's jump into some of these series we'd like to, to be at. Um, I pick three. I'll go ahead and go first for my <clears throat> my first selection. And that's. Florida visiting Vanderbilt the weekend of, of April 19th. Obviously, two teams that have national title aspirations, or at least, you know, historically, I just kind of tipped my hand a little bit about what I think about Vanderbilt this year. And, uh-huh. and you and I have talked about that kind of throughout the offseason that like just based on the what they did last year, the young talent, <clears throat> excuse me, what, you know, um, the types of summers that a lot of their players had. Uh, so the excitement there obviously is is big. And you know, I think this might come down to now Tennessee will have something to say about it, but this could be the matchup to determine the best team in the SEC East. And I think with the way the divisions line up, this could also end up being a race for the overall SEC championship. When you look at the fact that you you have Missouri in the East, or, you know, Missouri, obviously we look at them as a, as a, as a bottom tier SEC team in general, but also a rebuilding new head coach version of Missouri. You've got Georgia also very much in that bucket, huge transfer class, new head coach. We really don't know what to expect there. And then I think I'm looking at South Carolina as a team that at least on paper, I look at as a team that could take a step back from where they were last year. So you've got those three teams in the East that feel a little more in flux. So could it be a situation where, you know, Vanderbilt, Florida, uh, Tennessee, could they beat up on some of the rest of the East? And then I think tangentially, if you're Kentucky and you're bringing back like a, a pretty good club, they've got some guys that, that need to be replaced, but you know, there, there are pieces to like there. Like, could they look at it and say, Hey, we've got an opportunity again this year to maybe do something kind of special. So, um, so Florida and Vanderbilt, I think could be not only for the supremacy in the sec East, but in the sec more generally, just based on the way, uh, you know, the, the East and West are, are balanced this year. Uh, yeah. Mark, give us uh, give us a series you'd like to be at. Well, how about the rematch of the CWS final? You know, Florida goes to LSU. Yeah, um, that'll do. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's not bad. And that's really early in the season. So it'll kind of be, you know, one of those early tests where you get a good gauge of how people are doing. And I don't know who Florida ticked off, but look at their road schedule. 
I mean, they go to Arkansas, they go to Vandy, they go to LSU. I mean, ouch. Um, that's, <laughs> that's brutal, right? Um, so, but anyway, they'll be battle tested, what we'll call it, um, as, as they, they go down the stretch. And of course, you know, th- that's where it comes in, you know, LSU had an early series with Tennessee last year that was kind of the, the marquee, you know, and it was just incredible atmosphere, great crowds. And, and that could be, you know, this year's Florida series that early in the year would, would kind of be the equivalent, right? You have this, you know, marquee matchup, the last two teams standing a year ago, and, and they're going to get it on, you know, early in the conference season. I'll jump in with a series you went to last year. Granted, it was in Starkville, but this this next year it'll be in in Oxford, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. Yeah, the, I was going there. The, old, uh, the Egg Bowl <laughs> baseball series. Yeah, um, you know the weekend of April twelfth. That that one is is yep. taking place. That that's a big weekend in the in the SEC in general. That mid April weekend, I think historically and also this year specifically, mm-hmm. it's a big weekend. A lot of big series that weekend. And look, you know, I, I don't think we're looking at either of these two teams as SEC title contenders necessarily, although I guess it wouldn't be a shock for Ole Miss in particular, just given the consistency for them to bounce back to something extremely high level. And I, I really like their transfer class. But those are two teams that, I mean, first of all, last year's series was electric. No one knows that better than you, Mark. Um, it was looked like it might be a galvanizing thing for Mississippi State. Didn't ultimately end up being that necessarily. But these are two like crabs in a bucket. You know what they say about crabs in a bucket. You know, crab tries to escape the bucket and the other crabs try to pull it back down. That's kind of what these two teams have to be feeling now in the SEC West. They're both trying to climb out of the relative cellar here. Mm -hmm. Um, And this series, I think, is going to be a way for one team or the other to kind of push past their rival here. And they're in the SEC West, knowing what we know about the other teams that are going to be good in that division there might not be room for both of them to be regional caliber clubs. There's certainly, it will be tough for both of them to be host quality clubs, even though I don't know that that's really the, the terms on which we're talking about these teams right now. So I, there's just a really opportunity for the winner of that series to, to propel past the other. And, and that hurts when you're talking about a rivalry series. Yeah. And just to add to that, I mean, you, you mentioned I was there last year and all three of those games were just nip and tuck all, all the way you know, beginning to end. And they, they were not very good teams, even even at that point in the year. But you wouldn't know it based on the atmosphere, based on how hard they competed. It was it was like the perfect example of how meaningful some of these rivalries are because um, it really didn't matter where they were in the standings. It was – it had other stakes, we'll call it. And, and because of that, it, it just made for great theater. So – it should be an incredible, you know, they'll flip, be in Oxford this year, and I'm sure they'll put on an, an, an equally equally great uh, venue and, and atmosphere for us all. So my next pick, uh, I hate to go back to the LSU well, but I think I, I'm going LSU at Arkansas. I mean, the, the that figures to be two of the best teams in the country, two of the most talented teams in the country, and, and it'll be – you know, remember they met last year in, in Baton Rouge pretty early in the year and, and LSU won. And but Arkansas beat, you know, they won the opener. They they didn't really beat Skeens, but they won the opening game. And and, and I do think that this will be a, you know, a kind of a, a great test for Arkansas to, to see how they match up. 
right? With the because they certainly have you know more challenging teams left in the schedule, but to get a shot at the team that that won it all and to get them in your place, um, that I mean, can you imagine what Bomb Walker is going to be like for that weekend? Um, Hog pen will be overflowing, right? In in many ways, so I, I do think that uh, that that's that's one that that can't be left off the list. I agree with that so much that that was that was actually my third choice mm-hmm. um, for all the reasons you stated. I think it's a fabulous choice. I will will pivot on the fly given that and also give you LSU at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this was the big series everybody circled, uh, including you and I, going into last year, and then you know ultimately because of Tennessee's struggles to that point. Now they picked it up pretty soon thereafter, but because of yeah. Tennessee's struggles up to that point of the season, some of the air came out of the balloon in that series. I feel like by the time it got there, but um, this, with this series being in Knoxville, there, there's going to be some offense in that series. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if, if it's warm enough, right. Um, you uh, know, that the balls, the ball tends to jump there. So this is, uh, you know, bring a hard hat if you're a pitcher or a spectator, frankly, yeah. um, in, in that series, because the, the ball could really be, be jumping there. So um, just, you know, a fun series between two programs that are ascendant in the SEC right now um, that, you know, was, was anticipated last year and should be anticipated highly again this year. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. So it would be real easy. I could go back to the same kind of core contenders you know and, and pick one of those games and, and be right but i'm going to try to spread the love a little bit so on the the final pick i'm gonna i'm gonna go to auburn and for the final weekend of the year when they host alabama uh, what's alabama going to be like under rob vaughn you have a pretty good idea auburn's going to be good i mean butch thompson knows what he's doing down there and that, that could be a really pivotal a pivotal series um last week is right before hoover uh Teams could be playing their way into Hoover. They could be playing their way into a regional. They could be playing their way into hosting. We, we don't know, right? So it's uh, – in those teams don't need a whole lot of extra motivation, right, when, when they face off. So I, I do think that that's a, uh, an interesting one as we head down the stretch. Agreed. That, that's a good call, I mean, for, for a lot of different reasons. we And I think it's also interesting that we really don't have any idea what – those teams will look like mm-hmm. <laughs> come, come that point of, of the season. So it makes it all the more intriguing. Mark, let's pivot to kind of diving into a little bit of the legwork you did mm-hmm. looking at these schedules and, and look at, let's start with the, the teams that have the toughest uh, rows to hoe here. Uh, so the toughest schedule uh, just based on, so that based on overall opponent winning percentage in the last five seasons for that's conference that's games for conference right. play. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's what Mark compiled here. So that's the metric we're using. Um, you know, it's, it's as good as anything else, right? Cause we could pick all, yeah. we could pick a million different ways to measure this and that's what we went with. And I think that's, you know, the right choice. Uh, so Mizzou, uh, has the toughest road statistically a 532 opponent winning percentage. And that's a pretty big jump when you consider a lot of these teams are clustered pretty close together in terms of right. opponent winning percentage. And I don't say this to be mean, one of the obvious reasons it's one of their toughest rows is they don't get to play Mizzou. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just the reality, right? Like again, I, I, my skin crawls a little bit saying that cause it comes off a little bit mean spirited, but it's just the reality mm-hmm. of, you know, they haven't been very successful in conference games last five years is what it is. Um, but just generally speaking, you look at that away slate and 570 opponent winning percentage yeah. uh, in the away slate there. 
Um, what's different though, the next two teams in terms of the toughest schedule overall, A&M with a 519 opponent winning percentage and Florida 511 mm-hmm. opponent winning percentage. So you can't point to the fact that, well, you don't get to play yourself, right? Uh, right. Those two teams, obviously very successful. Um, you know, at least I guess A&M maybe had a couple of years there towards the end of the Childers era that were less than, less than ideal, but generally speaking has been, has been very successful. So, um, I'll stop there and I'll pause and I'll just kind of yeah. hand the ball to Mark and just of that group of the toughest teams, what stands out to you? What are you, what are you looking at? And did any of that, I don't want to say surprised you because th- it's just a formula for making the yeah, schedule, but yeah. what, what stood out to you? Well, I mean, the, the, and we mentioned this early, but Florida's road road schedule is brutal. Um, that's, that that's difficult. And, you know, if you're, you, you you know, looking back at Missouri, I mean, they miss Alabama, they miss Ole Miss, they miss Texas A&M. Um, you know, that, those are certainly last year. You know, Ole Miss was not good. We expect them to bounce back, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Alabama is just—you don't know what to think of them because the the roster flipped. And A&M, we expect to be much. They were good last year. We expect them to be you know, maybe hosting good uh, this year, certainly with the talent influx. Um, but but I do think that, you know, uh, when you look at, at who you miss, that's, uh, to me, that when you look at this formula specifically, that that plays a huge role in it. And in not getting to play, you know, if you're Missouri, you know, you, you miss playing yourself, who would be the 14th team. Um, and then Alabama was, quote, 13th in this list over the last five years, despite last year, um, you know, that's, that's tough. What, when you miss those two, um, I, I think the, the other thing I would point out here is, you know, the, the road for A&M is, is pretty tough. Uh, they, they go to LSU, they go to Florida. Um, you know, that, those are two, we expect to be two of the best teams in the country. You'd rather play them at home. Um, so, so that, that's probably what stands out the most for me. Yeah. It's so interesting because you, you look at A&M and I think you could, depending on what type, type of story you're trying to tell, you, you can kind of look at a couple of different things here. So your point is, is absolutely well taken with, you know, A&M having the, the road schedule, some of the road trips it does, but on the other hand, based on winning percentage, their home schedule is tougher. Mm-hmm. And so you can look at it and say, well, you'd rather have the tougher road uh, at home and then you can dive in even deeper. And a couple of those, a couple of those teams they get at home are getting some benefit of the doubt in terms of their five-year records that they don't necessarily deserve in 2024. Right. So they got Mississippi state at home and the last two years, they've not been good, but they went to Omaha a bunch right before (laughs) that. Right. And won a national title. So they're, their overall conference record is going to be better than what we probably expect it to be in 2024. You can kind of say the same thing about Georgia, right? I mean, I think people forget this because they didn't, they didn't advance out of regionals, but this was a team that was hosting, you know, pretty regularly or at least a couple of times kind of at the beginning of this window that we're measuring. So their, their record is probably looking a little bit sturdier than I think people would, would expect just on its, on its face. So I think if you're A&M, you kind of look at that home schedule, you know, Mississippi State, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Georgia, and Arkansas. Look, it's an SEC schedule, and Vanderbilt and Arkansas could be national title good. 
but that 551 home opponent winning percentage is maybe a little bit gassed up more than yeah more than 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 is maybe the reality of it but to your point on the flip side you know you've got road trips to florida and lsu um you've also got a road trip to an old miss team that let's face it probably is going to be better just based on recent history, right? We said the same thing about state last year though. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and a Bama program that is better than what that five-year data mm-hmm. suggests. Right. So again, it's just funny how you can look at these numbers and you could, you really honestly can tell whatever story you want to tell. Uh, even, even looking at the data, you can, you can kind of flip it to say just about anything you want it to say. Well, that's the thing about in the SEC where the league is so balanced from year to year, because you could be a, you know, a 15 and 15 club and, and be really good and end up in Omaha, right? And, and, and click at the right time. And on here, you're going to be a 500 club, right? And you think, oh, th- that's manageable. Play a team that's 500. I, I like our chances. Not necessarily. <laughs> it can <laughs> it, it, it can be fool's gold. Uh, I, I do think one of the other things to, to think about is uh, series that are back-to-back, you know, whether it's back-to-back road games or whether you're having to play just two brutal opponents consecutively. Uh, LSU's got, got some of those. Um, I believe Florida's got some of those. I mean, it's Arkansas. So, so you're going to have big time programs. Like here, here's an example. Um, you know, LSU week two, got Florida at home. And then week three, they go to Arkansas. And it gets much easier in week four because they host Vanderbilt. I mean, so think about that that three that three week deal, and then after that they go to Knoxville. Okay, so that that's just you know when you go through a stretch like that, it's really difficult to play your best ball because if things start to go sideways, you know you could drop two three series there that could really knock you out of the race um, if, if things don't go well. So um, so that that's. That's the other thing, you know, when we look at the schedule is who's got those tough stretches that, you know, that that are going to test any team, you know, and if and if you're you're not um, at your peak, you, you're going to drop them. There's just no way, no way around it. Looking at the other end of the spectrum now, the, the on paper, the softest schedules and I actually like literally as I was writing these down, I, I struggled with what word to use, like mm-hmm. softest, weakest, most, manageable. <laughs> most, yeah. And then, yeah, ultimately like I should have put most manageable just because it's like calling any of these mm-hmm. schedules, even yeah. any version of soft or weak is just so ridiculous. But so I, I did struggle with that, but the, let's just say the teams that have the lowest opponent winning percentage mm-hmm. <laughs> based on five years worth of data, Arkansas opponent, uh, winning percentage 465 and then Georgia and Tennessee tied for next, the next two opponent winning percentages of 481. And I think one thing you see here right off the bat is that whereas the toughest schedules tended to be really weighted one side or the other. So Mizzou had a, just a almost a nearly 600 opponent winning percentage on a, in, a, in its away series. Mm-hmm. A&M's was tilted the other way towards home games. And then Florida was tilted heavily to road games you kind of look at these three and, and they just end up having like pretty even opponent winning percentages on, you know, at home and on the road. I don't know if that actually means anything. I'm not smart enough to to tell you that that has any sort of bearing on anything, but it was noticeable that it seemed like these teams ended up with not only the softest schedules 
uh, in terms of you know the full opponent winning percentage, but also that there's not necessarily one one side weighted more heavily than the other in terms of home and road. Yeah, and and also who you miss. I mean, the the three opponents that Arkansas misses: Vandy, Tennessee, and Georgia. A five seventy winning percentage. Ooh, I mean that's that that's you know that's that's the that highest, obviously. <laughs> um, and then Georgia, you know, misses LSU and Arkansas. And they also miss Auburn, who's, you know, quality. So it's – so those are – I mean, that stands out to me the most. Um, I, guess, I guess the other thing to point out, you want to play these big games at home. Having to to go on the road, it's not that you can't win. It's just your odds go down. And we saw that this year. I mean, home teams had a lot of success. Uh, even, you know, even in the uh, – even at the bottom of the conference, you know, it was tough to go in and, and sweep some of these teams, uh, you know, that – uh, really, any anyone uh, it was tough to sweep them on the road. So, a, a team like Tennessee that gets to host LSU, um, and, and then the rest of their home schedule: Ole Miss, Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina seems fairly manageable by SEC standards. Uh, I think that's you know they, they they've got a chance to to have a really. I mean, they're you saw last year how good they were at home, and I would expect that to continue this year. Not just because they're a good team, but just because you know, a lot of their tougher opponents uh, we expect to be tougher will be on the road, and that's primarily Vanty in Florida. Uh, you throw Auburn in there too, probably. But I think that's um, you know, that, that that stands out for me. One of one other thing I, I was looking at. I, I'm looking at your your piece here in the background again. Go to d1baseball.com to to you know, read Mark's uh, breakdown of, of the SEC schedules. Um, but I started to make a, a point about, you know, gosh, look at some of these. You wrote about the tough road trips that the team mm-hmm. have to make. And so I'm scrolling down now to look to look at it again. But, yeah, so I was going to make a comment about, wow, you know, Mississippi State, their road, you know, it's going to be tough for them to kind of, as they're trying to fight their way back to the top of the SEC, they've got road trips to A&M, Florida, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. And, you know, think about, all of those teams have been in Omaha mm-hmm. um, recently, right? And and um, you know they, they've you know Ole Miss and Vanderbilt have each won national titles in the last you know four seasons, and Arkansas is a drop pop away from a 2018 national title. Florida is one one away from national title, literally last mm-hmm. year, right? But then you look down, and it's like Ole Miss visits Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, Auburn, and LSU, and four of those five teams have been in Omaha the last two years, right? You know, so we could really just sit here and do this all day. Right. So I, I thought I was going to make this sort of like poignant point about like Mississippi State and how hard it is to, you know, claw your way back from the bottom of the SEC. And then I just realized like, oh, well, I mean, we could do this about literally every team on this list. So right. maybe I, you know, maybe I'll, I'll take a step back from that. But um, but I, I do think it, it does. It doesn't make it any less true, though. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a program that's that's climbing uphill right now. And it just goes to show you <clears throat> if you fall down. um that's tough. It's like, it's, it's the old saying, you know, you don't have to run faster than the bear. You just have to run faster than the, you know, everybody else running from the bear. And <laughs> right now Mississippi state's bringing up the rear a little bit and it's trying to catch up and it's just, it's just tough to do, you know? Well, you know, talking about Mississippi state, they open sec play against LSU. And if you remember last year that they went in and, and had one of the most shocking you know, series outcomes of, of the whole year when they went in and took the series from LSU, um, kind of some meltdown situations in the bullpen. And and because of that, 
you know, they should be feeling fairly confident as anybody can, you know, get playing the defending national title uh, winners. So, but, but you wonder how things are going to ratchet up because, you know, Mississippi State's going to play a, play their non-conference schedule and probably do pretty well, but everyone's going to be, going to be waiting. Okay. Well, they were good in pre-conference last year. So what happens when, when conference play starts and, it'd be better. I think you'd probably rather play anybody, but the defending national champion in week one. And that's what's sitting waiting, waiting on them. Of course they, they get them at home, but it's, you know, it's early in the year. The, the, the crowds are not what they, you know, in mid March are not going to be what they'll be in, in May. So it's, you know, it will be an interesting, interesting way to kick off the season. Be a lot of, a lot of intrigue uh, for week one of SEC play specifically that series right there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, with Mississippi State, too, I mean, you, again, you look at the flip side of it, and it's like, hey, if, if you go into that series and you play well and you win the series, um, mm-hmm. as hard as that'll be, like, maybe it just changes the whole tenor of the rest of your season, you mm-hmm. know, um, versus the alternative, which is you start taking on water immediately. And that's that's kind of what happened to them last year. I mean, frankly, they, were, they weren't playing bad by the end of the season. Um, it was still clearly inconsistent and, like, didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel necessarily all that sustainable, but there was no doubting they they were – playing all right towards the end of the year, but they just took on so much water earlier and you just can't, you can't do that. Right. So, um, so yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Certainly. Um, I don't know about you, Mark, my, 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 my wrap up thought on this is that I'm already doing the thing where I'm like putting all the weeks on the calendar and like starting to circle Mm -hmm. things and, and it kind of got me excited. And then I have to remind myself that, you know, we're, we're still five months away from, from opening day it's time to time to settle down, Joe. This is now I'll let myself get excited, but I, I do need to temper that excitement because uh, you, we have uh, plenty of real estate between between now and then. But I'm sure you've done similar things where you start oh, yeah. to kind of like map it out. Yeah, absolutely. There's some there's some great road trips in our future, uh, regardless of where we end up, because there's so many great venues. And as we've seen here. Uh, some of these, some of these big boys are going to play each other, and you know, every year there's always there are always teams that elevate, that surprise us. Who you know, we aren't, you know, we just don't know a whole lot about, or, or maybe we do, and we don't expect much out of, and they and they shock everyone, and and that becomes the the big story, and uh, can't can't wait to figure out what that's going to be. Agreed. Cannot wait for that either. Uh, we will have to just kind of patiently sit here and stare out the windows and, and wait for it. Although fall ball, you know, fall yeah. ball is like a nice little, um, it's not the same, but it's, it's a nice, nice little taste. So we'll have that to look forward to, uh, but certainly looking more forward to the start of the 2024 season, which I, you know, I say it's five months away. It'll be here before we know it. And, and we just know that to be true. So uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. The Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.